Hello and welcome to Grace Life Stellenbosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Father, thank you that we can pray. Thank you that we can speak to you, that we can hear from you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the message that gives life, Lord. And thank you that you are really such a good God. Such a good God, Father, that you love on us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right where you are, just I want you to create an expectancy in your heart that you are going to get something today. You are going to get something. You're going to... You're going to hear from God. You're going to get a word. God is going to speak to you through the sermon. God has already spoken to you. God's going to move in a way that's going to make you just uh, more successful even in your walk with Christ. And with that, I want you to just for a moment listen to this verse from Hebrews 11 that says, For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly... If they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had an opportunity to have returned. And I just want you to sort of just settle in your heart that you're not going back where you're coming from. Amen? We're not being mindful of where we come from, even though it might have been a good place, but there's better. There's more. Amen? We need to grow in our revelation and understanding of the Word. And we not need to be mindful of anything but Christ. Because Hebrews 12, guess what comes after? Hebrews 11, and it says being mindful, setting your sight on Jesus. And then there's revelation in that, and we can grow in that, but I really just felt this morning, even in pre-service, and I want to just reiterate that, like, be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you listen to, and now that includes social media. Because, uh, I don't know if you know, but your algorithm on social media gives you what you want. Or, it's one of two things. It's either what you want to hear, or what is going to upset you so that you would engage in negative commentary. So we need to be careful what we hear. Even though it's a, maybe a, a very good book or a famous writer or some guru that posts something nice and it's got a good picture, it doesn't mean it's truth. Amen? We need to, to preach truth and we need to measure against the truth. Because only truth that sets free. It's only truth that sets free, nothing but that. So I want to read from Psalm 81 and we're looking at hearing from God. And... Um, I want to almost change it and say we're not just hearing from God, but how do we commune with God? How do we communicate with God? Because already we've seen that we can hear from God through pictures. That's supernatural. Because seeing and hearing then is not necessarily the same thing. But I want to show you just, I mean, through this series, in, and, and my heart really as the pastor here is that we would walk in the supernatural. I trust that this series is actually just a series on faith. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing what? The voice of God. Hearing the word from God. The word of God. Hearing about the gospel of Jesus. Hearing about what God has done. Not what I need to do. Okay? If you're a visitor here, we preach on what God has done. Amen? We don't celebrate what we do. We celebrate what He has done. Because Jesus said, it is finished. So we start at finish. We start from that place. And we live life as more than conquerors because someone else has already conquered. Amen? And that's a life of adventure. I'm doing much more since I stopped trying to do more for God. <laughs> without realizing it, without noticing, like <clears throat> we're making decisions <clears throat> in faith. Jacques, won't you just pass me my water, please? So, listen to Psalm 81 by Danke. Verse 11 says, But my own people did not hear my voice. Israel refused to obey me, so I freed them to follow their hard hearts. You see, God is not in control. God is not going to force you to hear Him, and neither is He going to force you to listen and obey. That's why it's called faith. Abraham heard God, he believed God, and he obeyed God. It was on Abraham. But he heard, so he believed. So God says here clearly in Psalm 81 verse 12, I freed them to follow their own heart hearts, to do what they thought was best. Okay, that should just shake someone awake this morning, if the coffee wasn't strong enough. God is not a puppeteer. You can do what you want. You can mess up if you want. God's going to tell you don't, but He's not going to force you. He said, blessing and cursing, life and death I put in front of you. Choose life. 
you choose. Now listen to verse 13. If only my people would hear my voice, and Israel would follow my direction. This is God speaking through the psalmist here, and God is crying, God is yearning, and what is He saying? If only my people would listen. Why? Because then I can show them my ways. So we want to make good decisions. We want to be directed towards God's uh, intended future. That's really what prophecy is. Prophecy is inviting you into God's preferred future for you. Have you thought of that? It's not going to happen if I prophesy. It is an invitation and you need to respond to what God creates a picture with words about this is where you could be. This is what you could be doing. This is how a good life could be. Amen? But if my people would listen... Now, this is not like we tell our kids, can ye no net leister? I don't think it's like that. <laughs> I think it's a yearning. It's like, I, I want to get something to you. I want to speak something to you. I want to direct your ways. You know, the word says so clearly that if we don't worship God, our life goes off in disarray. And that's not because God needs us to worship Him. It means then, if we don't worship, then we harden our hearts. And if we're hard on our hearts, then we don't listen to God's voice, and then we don't go the best way, because who knows best? We have a joke around here that says, it's not your way, but Yahweh. Okay? It's true. It's corny. I know. But it's true. We need to go against, not against what we want, but sometimes against what we want. No, God knows best. Amen? So when we go against what we want, the Word says, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, He will give us the desires of our hearts. Now, I don't know about you, who has thought that you really wanted something, and then you get it, and then you're disappointed? A new telephone, a new car, and then you need to pay for it. <laughs> a new job, because you thought this is what you wanted, you thought this is going to make you happy, then you're like a dog chasing a car, and you catch the car, and then you're like, oh, what now? But when we delight ourselves in the Lord, He shows us what our hearts truly want. Not what our flesh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, lies to us and tells us this is what you want. Because who knows that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Well, the flesh doesn't know that. You need to teach the flesh that. Let's, let's test it. I'm going to send around the offering bucket. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Amen? <laughs> How do you know it's a generous offering? If you tell your wife what you're going to give and she says that you pray about it, <laughs> then you know that's generous. Amen? Get you into faith. We can't really be directed by God if we can't communicate with God. You see how important this is. And we don't want to continuously just hear through leaders and through mature people. We want to check in with we hear in counsel with our leaders, but we want to start hearing for God, from God for ourselves. I'm going to refrain, if, rephrase that if you're not saying amen. I want you to start hearing for God for yourself. Amen? Like we were at a wedding on Thursday, and um, we had a breakfast, a lot of the, the Grace Life people who were there, <coughs> because we stayed over the night. And um, we were sitting at this big table, and there were some visitors, and they said to me, Peter, pastor, you must pray for the food. And I said, didn't I teach you how to pray? I prayed, I don't mind praying, I love praying, but my job here is to get you to hear from God, amen? So that's why it's a bit of practical, it's a bit, here and there, is a, there's a lot in all of these services, this is part three now, there will be some examples of how I've heard from God and how that has activated faith in me, but it is so important, we can see the heart of God is that we hear from God. Can you see that? Can we start off with that, that base statement this morning? We, know, we need to know what He says, where He directs, and what He wants for us. I'm going to say that again. We need to know what God says. We need to know where He directs. And we need to know what He wants for us. Therefore, we need to listen. We need to listen to that still, small voice. Because the Word says that God is not in the thunder. He's not in the earthquake. He's in the still, small voice. You know why? God whispers because He's close. Amen? For me, that's beautiful. God doesn't need to shout and scream. He's close. Now, at the same breakfast that we were at on Friday morning, our waiter, I said, hey, sir, what's your name? And he said, Emmanuel. I'm like, bingo. God with us. And he said, yes, God with us. I said, did you know, sir, that God is no longer with us? You almost spilled the tray with coffee. 
And maybe you feel the same. I said, guess what? The word says God is no longer with us. He's now in us. So Emmanuel was Jesus with us. The Spirit is now poured out. Now it's Christ in us. So when the Old Testament says you will hear a voice behind you, that was for God with us. But now you will hear a voice inside you because Colossians clearly says the mystery has been revealed, which is Christ in you. So if you hear a voice behind you, be careful because Christ is in you. So who's speaking? <laughs> See, I told you it's going to be practical. Remember God whispers because He is close. Proverbs 18 verse 8 from the ESV says, The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. You'll see here the different translations struggle with this verse. It speaks about a tailbearer. It speaks about those who create rumors, which is true as well. It says they taste like tasty trifles, rumors, but they go deep and they create a lot of hurt, actually. But that's the negative side of a whisper. Now, the positive side is the same. If God speaks on the inside of you, where is the word of God? Where is the voice of God? It is not just in your head. It now goes deep into the innermost part, the heart, the soul. It nourishes. And the word even says that the word of God divides between spirit and soul. It, 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 it what discerns the thoughts and the intent of the heart. So you think you want this because you're going to give a lot of money to God when you get this job. Uh, you just want the 90% that you're going to give and you're willing to, to, to separate with 10% probably. I've had those meetings, those coffees with people. But guess what? It's not on me to tell you that this is not God. I'm just, hey, what did God say? Some of you know that I've had that that's how we counsel. You come with a big thing, I'm like, oh, what did God say? Why? Because God speaks in a whisper. What are some of the other ways in which God speaks? So that's what we're looking at this morning. What are the different ways? Part one, we looked at the importance of hearing from God. And that's what I touched on again uh, this morning. And last week, we looked at some other things like God speaks in pictures. Like God speaks through the Word. God speaks through His Son. And we looked at how to use the Bible to hear from God, but how to accurately use it. Correctly analyze it. Because if the Word says in 2 Timothy 2.15, you must correctly divide the Word, then it means there's the opportunity that you can incorrectly divide the Word. And I didn't realize, but Shane and I both spoke on Job last week Sunday. And that doesn't happen that we speak on Job. And it was awesome to hear that he said something similar in Rondebosch on Sunday night. So God speaks in a whisper. Listen to Joel. Joel 2, verse 28 from the voice translation says, Then in those days I will pour my spirit to all humanity. Your children will boldly and prophetically speak the word of God. Your elders will dream dreams. Your young warriors will see visions. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. How does God speak? He speaks through prophecy. He speaks through dreams. And He speaks through visions. Okay? He speaks through His own voice as well. But God through His Spirit speaks through prophecy. Which we will look into more detail probably next week or so. And then we need to see that He also speaks in visions and dreams. Now that's where it gets dangerous. Very dangerous. Because you can start a cult with a dream. <laughs> Chances are, if you're charismatic, you have a better chance of success. Not because it's more true, just because people are sheep. People want to be led. At this wedding that I did, and I always do it, I said, who's the MC? Because as soon as I say, amen, you may kiss the bride, I need to hand over the leadership of the meeting. Because otherwise, you've been to those weddings where you don't know where to go. Where's the confetti? Where's the food? Where's this? Like, people are sheep. You want to be known. You, know, you need to know where you need to go. Amen? God made us that way. Why? Because He is the chief shepherd. So we need to hear His voice according to John 10 so that He takes us out. Because if He takes us out, what do we find? We find pasture. We find rest. We find refreshing. We find the green grass and the still waters. Amen? We find purpose. Now I'm going to read to you from Acts 2. So Joel 2 is prophecy. Acts 2 is the fulfillment of that prophecy. And I'm reading from the Amplified just to color it in a little bit. It says, But Peter, standing with the eleven. So this is just after the, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. Acts 2 verse 14. He raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem. Let this be explained to you. So sometimes we see something, but we need to have people explain it to us. It says, listen closely 
and pay attention to what I have to say. Now, I know he's just speaking, but if someone was there not listening, would they get what we're going to get now? No, they wouldn't. So you made all the effort to be here on a long weekend, didn't you? You look well-dressed and clean and uh, half awake at least. So you can just as well listen. Amen? You made all the effort. Now listen. So Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea, heed to my words. And that's really what God's heart is for us this morning. Listen to what I have to say. Verse 15. These people are not drunk as you assume, since it is only the third hour or nine o'clock in the morning. But this is the beginning of, I like the Amplified puts it there. This is the beginning of what was spoken through the prophet Joel. Which means is that the Holy Spirit did not end with the last apostle when he blew out his last breath. This is the age of the supernatural, the church age, the age of Christ. This is the beginning. And guess what? You and I, we are still dancing in that favor and that power. Verse 17, now he quotes from Joel. And it shall be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see divinely prompted visions. Now this is not when you smoke uh, mushrooms. This is divinely prompted visions. Amen. Your old men will dream dreams. Divinely prompted dreams. So there's dreams and there's dreams from God. Okay? It's not always the same. Then, even on my bond servants, both men and women, I will in those days pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. Okay, so again we get what Joel spoke of, but now the Old Testament is being fulfilled. You know, Jesus said, I did not come to abolish. I almost said, Jesus said, I did not come to do any new thing. He didn't say that, but Jesus did not come to do any new thing. What did he come to do? To destroy the works of the devil and to fulfill the law and the prophets. That's what he came to do. So now we see the prophet Joel is fulfilled when Christ pours out the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. So prophecy is to utter forth or declare a thing which can only be known by divine revelation. Okay? So that's a way that God speaks. But I've seen many a person get off track through prophecy. I've seen many a person get a prophetic word and they go haywire or they go off track and they even end off like leaving church, not even serving God. So we need to be very careful because if I have a word for someone, there's a responsibility being the mouthpiece of God to do what Jesus did. And what did Jesus do? He said, I only say what I hear my father saying. How, what do prophets do so much? They, they say something and then they should just shut up. But then it's awkward. And then it's like, I think it means, unless you have a clearly, divinely prompted revelation of what you've just given, just because there's many ways that we can speak about it. And what God can do supernaturally, someone else can mess up. Let me give you an example. So uh, one of our pastors, um, he, he gave me a word when he, he was a pastor in one of our campuses then, and he gave me a word, and he said, um, listen man, I just, we're praying for you this morning, and I'll share this verse with you, and I just feel God says, I want to um, put people in your home. That was in COVID, and if you ask him now, he said, like he thought God said, like you've got open space, there's people without homes, people without family, whatever, like just take people in. If he went on and explained what he thought in his mind, he would have taken away the confirmation of what I and my wife experienced that morning with the very same verse when we felt God say, get into foster care. So, praise God, he didn't think what he thought he had to add. He just said what he heard. And I almost rolled the car when I got that voice note because it was supernatural. I didn't tell him the implication because it was a private matter then and we started the application after that. Then I announced it in church through a sermon that we have taken in the, the first foster son that we had, uh, Franku, and I shared him the link. And I said, I never told you what that word meant, but listen to this. So guess who was also blessed? That person who gave the word. Because then he knew that he heard from God. 
Now, all of us together, like Paul says, our faith is mutually built up. Because I heard from God the morning, he heard from God. Now he knows that he heard from God, I know that I've heard from God, and I know that he heard from God. So what happens? Faith. Faith rises up and we take action because faith without corresponding action is dead. And dead doesn't bring life and God is not into the dead, God is into life. So if we didn't take that and went with it, then we wouldn't have the life that we do now. And I'm not going to tell you every Sunday how little we sleep, but that's fine. <laughs> you can pray for us. We'll be okay. So God speaks through prophecy. God speaks through visions. The act of gazing or seeing an inspired appearance, a sight or a vision. We have an example about this when uh, Peter is up on the, ma- on the roof praying. And he sees a vision with a cloth on all the different animals. That's a vision. It's from God. And he says, God, I'll never eat it. And it happens again. Because sometimes God needs to speak to us again. Amen? That's a vision. But we need to, to rightly divide it and, and, and take it to God and help the Holy Spirit interpret. Then dreams are something that happens in our sleep. But you know what? I have my own business and I got the name for my business when I was half awake. You know that slumber, that's the best time that I usually hear from God because my mind is still on mute. <laughs> I'm half awake, so at least I can ask a question, but my mind is too tired to answer. So I know the answer is probably going to be God. And the name I got was nothing I would ever think of. But it was exactly in line with the vision, the, the, the impression that I had for the purpose of the business, which was to um, basically have bread now and have a legacy later. God gives bread to the sower and seed, or bread to the eater and seed to the sower. So the name I got for my business was Oaks and Dough, which I think sounds pretty cool, but Oaks is the legacy, the seeds that we now water, and Dough is bread on the table. And I went and I registered that, and the website, and I give God all the honor. (laughs) And if you don't like it, I like it. So I know it's from God. That was in a dream. But, I mean, I'm not going to just move to another country based on a dream. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure and I'm going to double down and I'm going to make sure it aligns with God. So it is of utmost importance that we remember that dreams, visions and prophetic words from God will never ever go against His written word. If you take one thing home today, make that it. God's visions, God's dreams, God's prophetic words to you will never ever 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 go against His word. If you rightly divide the word, of course. Amen? So, the thing is that we often dream at night what we think about during the day. Anyone with me? If you watch a very intense rugby match, chances are you're going to dream of it. If you watch a very intense movie before you go to bed, chances are that some of those characters might pop up in your dreams. So, what do we do with that? Well, Psalm 16, 7 says, I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. My reins, my heart, I think one of the translations even says my kidneys, speaks about the inner parts of who I am. My heart, the seed of thought, instructs me in the night seasons. So when I'm asleep, when I'm in bed, but God gives me counsel and my heart then instructs me. So listen to the voice, it gives more clarity. The voice translation says, I will bless the eternal whose wise teachings orchestrates my days. That's beautiful. His wise teachings orchestrate, meaning I follow what he says. But then it says, and those wise teachings, then he goes on and says, instructs me or centers my mind in the night. I love what that translation brings out there. Because what it says is, if we meditate on the word when we're awake, it will be confirmed by the spirit when we sleep. Anyone here want better dreams? Less nightmares? I mean, I'm like serious. There's a hand at the back. This speaks to that. Those who keep their mind on the Lord will what? Experience perfect peace. So if you, while you're awake, keep your mind on the Lord, then God's word will do the work while you sleep. That's amazing. Why? Because God never slumbers nor sleeps. But God wants you to sleep. That's a thought. God made you that you need sleep. I've been like 
Then you hear something outside. And as the man of the house, now you want to protect your home and your family. And eventually I'm like, God, you made me, and you made me that I'm now tired. You made me that I need sleep, and you better protect my family. I'm going to sleep now. <laughs> That's a good prayer, amen? <laughs> God will keep us in perfect peace, including in our dreams, if our minds are staying on Him. So if you're never in the Word, be very careful to heed to your dreams. If you're always on social media, be careful what you dream of. I mean, if you're always watching horror movies, then um, definitely be very careful to consider your dreams. <laughs> or consider them and move forward. I like this. The eternal one whose wise teachings orchestrate my days. That's the direction, hearing from God. And centers my mind at night. That's so beautiful. That's for someone. How then can we be sure that we are hearing from God and not from ourselves or from someone else? Sometimes we hear from someone else, but on God's behalf. Isn't that what an ambassador does? So if you're prophesying, be a good ambassador. If you're an ambassador to a country, you are not entitled to your own opinion. You are only entitled to, like Jesus, say what the king said. So when we prophesy, let's do the same. Prophesy, prophecy is really hearing for someone else. Or hearing from God on someone else's behalf. So if you're in a prophetic meeting and you're always wanting the word, you must ask yourself, when am I going to grow up and get it from God myself? Well, that went over smoothly, but it's true. <laughs> I get a lot of prophetic words and, and you know it, so I'm like, am I not listening? Well, maybe as the leader of the church, you need a little bit more direction because there's more issues that we deal with. Amen? God speaks to us predominantly through Jesus. This is so good. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Long ago, I'm reading the Living Bible, God spoke in many different ways to our fathers through the prophets, visions, and dreams. I was laughing when I read that. So even if you go through prophecy, visions, and dreams, there's a more sure word of prophecy, which is the written word, which is what Peter said. Now, even face to face, telling them little by little of his plans. So in the Old Testament, God spoke through various ways the Bible here, the, the living Bible colors it in and it says through prophecy, through dreams, through um, visions, little by little. But now in these days he has spoken to us through his son. How do you hear from God? Listen to Jesus. <laughs> it's simple. Listen to Jesus. He has spoken to us. We're communing with God. We're hearing from God. We're teaching on that. By His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom He also made the world. So, He's given everything, and through Him He made the world and everything there is. God's Son shines out with God's glory. And all that is, uh, God's Son is and does marks Him as God. He regulates the universe by the mighty power of His command. He is the one who died to cleanse us and clear our record of all sin. And then sat down at the highest honor beside the great God of heaven. Let's hear from God this morning. God has cleared you of all sin through His Son, Jesus. That's a word from God. Amen? That is God speaking to you through His Son. God has given you purging of your sins. And the work is done because the right hand of the Father is no, em no longer empty. There's someone seated, which is Christ. Isn't that good? You need a word from God, start there. You're forgiven. You're righteous. You're justified. You're just as if you never sinned. God and Jesus made that happen for you. So when we hear from God, when can we hear from God through Jesus? This is another good question. So we're looking at different ways. We're saying, God, how can we hear from you? Now, I don't know about you, but there's, there's different times and different places and different spaces that we, we, we think we hear better. Which is true in a way. In worship, we hear better. Why? Because... We're focused. Your phone is away, or maybe if it's out, you're reading a verse on your Bible app. When, when, when we're in our quiet place, when we're in church, when we go to ministry night, why? When we're in a prayer meeting. It's not that God then speaks, or then that you are then holy enough that God will move. No, you're just listening better. You're actually calibrating, and you, you, um, 
you're tuning in. We said like there's all televisions where you need to, to turn the button. You need to turn it. It's not auto-tune. Like you need to turn in and hear from God. That's why we then think it's on us. We think it's our performance and our holiness. No, it's not that. It's just your focus. That's all it is. God is speaking. My sheep hear my voice. You know you can miss it. Like Samuel, the great um, prophet. He heard from God as a boy. And he thought it was his master. And he heard again. And you know what the beauty is? And that's what I want to share with you this morning. Is God is not stopping when we don't listen. Samuel heard wrong. God called again. Samuel heard wrong again. God called again. Now I don't know about you, but if God calls you and gives you the purpose, the destiny, a calling for your life, He invites you into something greater, something more. Like that's pretty much something you want to take note of. Anyone? <laughs> you want to know what you're calling. Okay, we have all the same calling. Go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's your calling. Be Christ to the world. Amen? But in a church setting like this, we can't all have the microphone because then we're going to have a problem. That's why we're a church planting ministry. As we raise people up, we plant churches. Because the problem with every church is there's only one pulpit. Okay? But we're here to raise you up so that your life is a pulpit. And then guess what? Maybe one day you'll get the pulpit and maybe you can one day go and uh, plant a church and then you'll have the pulpit every Sunday and then you'll start praying because what are you going to say next week? Amen? <laughs> My uh, father-in-law gets an uh, um, opportunity to preach like every two months or so. And uh, we joke because he always has an issue. What is he going to say? Because for two months he's meditating on the Word and then he has one opportunity to share. Where I'm on the other side, I'm always meditating on the Word because I always need something for next week. <laughs> Which is good because it keeps, us, it keeps us fresh. So, can we only hear from God without sin? Can we only hear from God the first time He speaks? Can we only hear from God after a 21-day fast? Or maybe a 40-day fast? Or after you've obeyed the last time? Now, there's this thing where people say, God is probably quiet because you haven't done what He said the previous time He spoke to you. There might be an element of truth in that, but He won't be quiet. He probably won't give you more direction because, like... But He will tell you, I love you. He will tell you you're forgiven. He will... He will love on you. Zephaniah says he dances over you. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not quiet when I dance. I like to sing with. Like Jordan says, shake, shake. Huh? We, we, we sing and dance with our Father. Now, in a, in a relationship, if we don't talk continuously, if, if someone has still stapler, then it's not good for the relationship. So how can God have still stapler? Let's look at some examples. So, from Matthew 4... Jesus walks and he calls his disciples and they hear the voice of who? Jesus. Let's not complicate it. God speaks to us through Jesus. The disciples hear the voice of Jesus. One day as he was walking along the beach beside the lake of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, out in a boat fishing with a net, for they were commercial fishermen. So Jesus called out. Okay, I mean, that's big. That's the day your mama prayed for. Amen? When Jesus calls you. Like, interesting, where are they? Are they in the monastery? Are they um, slaughtering sheep in the temple? Are they sitting in ash and sackcloth and, and dust? They're working. They're, at, they're, they're, they're working. Now, if you know fishermen, they're probably cursing as well. Okay, Jesus called out, come along with me, and I will show you how to fish for the souls of men. Now, where are they? They're fishing, okay? And they left their nets at once and went with him. A little further up the beach, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called to them to come too. At once they stopped their work, and leaving their father behind, went with him. At once, take note. Okay, so Jesus calls and they respond. Jesus traveled all through Galilee, teaching in the Jewish synagogues, everywhere preaching the good news about the kingdom of heaven, and he healed every kind of sickness and disease. So it's a good thing to listen when God calls you the first time. Okay? And these guys respond pretty quickly. But interestingly, if you compare the Gospels, and now we go to Luke, 
there's a different story. There's a different story altogether. Which, if you do the study, what I get to is that God called them, Jesus called them a second time. So Jesus called them, and they came, and then they went back, and he called them again. Now, will God stop speaking to you if you don't fully commit? Will God stop speaking to you if you mess up and, and go back to where you came from? Let's see. Luke 5, verse 1. One day, as he was preaching on the shore of Lake Genezareth, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats. Okay, and so in the first instance, they were in the boat. Now there's two empty boats. Standing at the water's edge, while the fishermen was washed their nets. So now where are they? On the shore. In Mark, what did we just read? Matthew, they were in the boat. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, how did he know? Probably been there before. To push out a little into the water so that he could sit in the boat and speak to the crowd from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets, and you will catch a lot of fish. In the first instance, they left their boat and they went to Jesus. Now Jesus says, Let's go deeper. Sir, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, we'll try again. That's a good response, isn't it? If you say so. How do we get miraculous things happening in our life? We do what He says. Mary, let it be according to your will. And what happens? Virgin conception. Miracle. Let it be. That's why this is such an important series for us. And this time their nets were so full that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell on his knees before Jesus and said, Oh sir, please leave us. I'm too much of a sinner for you to have around. Second time Jesus comes, and now he even blesses him financially, even though he went back after God, through Jesus, called him the first time. For he was awestruck by the size of the catch, as were the others with him. So who was there in the beginning, in the first instance? The sons of Zebedee. Now they call their partners, and their partners are none others than James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. From now on you'll be fishing for the souls of men. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and went with him. And now they're off. And I just felt that's such a gracious picture for us. And I don't know if there's someone here where you know God has called you to do something, and you're like Noah or Jonah, probably more, where you ran off to Nineveh. And you, you, you don't want to step into what God has called you because for whatever reason you think the price is too much. God's not going to keep... God's not going to leave you. Okay? He's gonna, his, his, his callings and purposes are without repentance. His plans for you are not going to change. He's going to keep on because the word says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me each and every day of my life. If you did it for Peter and James and John, then he'll do it for you. If he calls you a first time, maybe you stepped into ministry and you're like, well, God, this is not for me, and you step back. God is calling you out. God is calling you into more. God is calling you graciously. He did not stop speaking. He did not change his heart, his mind, his plans about you. Amen? If he did it for Peter, James, and John, that's what he does for you. You don't have to be super holy. You don't have to be in church. You don't have to be anything for God to keep on speaking to you. Keep on coming after you. Keep on calling you. Keep on nurturing you. Keep on having and inviting you to what is best for you. Now, the same guy, Peter, later on, you might know it, but he messes up big time. Three times he says, I do not know Jesus. I do not know this man. Even to a little slave girl, he says, I don't know him. Now, how awesome is it that God doesn't get offended? Because if God could get offended, then we would not have what happens in John 21. Where after Peter messes up, where after he says, I don't know God, I don't know who this man is, I don't know Jesus, Jesus still goes after him again. And guess where he finds him? 
on a boat fishing. Isn't that amazing? Peter wasn't going for restitution, but Jesus came with redemption. Isn't that beautiful? Let's look at it from John 21. And, um, and we'll start landing this, this Boeing. God, through Jesus, wants to speak to you right after you messed up. Right after you messed up. Think about David. David makes a big mess with Bathsheba. And the prophet shows up. God is still speaking. That's a little different because it's before the cross. Adam and Eve messes up. And they go into hiding. God comes and says, where are you? It's time for our chat. Where are you? It's time for our chat. Like, uh, but we messed up, God. Like you think I didn't know that you would. Like, that's, who told you that you're naked? Restitution, redemption. So John 21. I'm reading the Living Bible. It just sort of, if we read a long piece, it makes it a little bit easier on the ear. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Lake of Galilee. This is how it happened. The group of us were there. So John is writing. Simon, Peter, Thomas, the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, my brother James, and I, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. <laughs> this poor guy. Huh? Just goes back to what he knows. We'll come too, we all said. We did, but caught nothing all night. You see, this is a setup of note. At dawn, we saw a man standing on the beach, but could not see who he was. He called, any fish, boys? No, we replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get plenty of them. So we did, and couldn't draw in the net because of the weight of the fish. There were so many. You would guess that there's some bells going off now, eh? Then I said to Peter, it is the Lord. So John at least was awake. At that Simon Peter put on his tunic, for he was stripped to the waist, and jumped into the water and swam ashore. The rest of us stayed in the boat and pulled the loaded net to the beach, about 300 feet away. When we got there, we saw that a fire was kindled and fish were frying over it, and there was bread. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yeah? If you're a vegan, let's pray for you. Now come and have some breakfast. Jesus said, And none of us dared to ask him if he really was the Lord, for we were quite sure of it. Then Jesus went around serving us the bread and fish. I mean, there was miracles with bread and fish, if you remember. This is a, a reunion that Jesus is setting up here. This was the third time Jesus has appeared to us since the return from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter. So who's speaking? Jesus. Who's he speaking to? Well, he messed up second most. Who messed up the most? He's not there. Okay. I, know, I, I believe Jesus wanted to speak to Judas. If Jesus didn't hang himself, I believe we would see him in heaven. That's how good grace is. You know, you can sell out Jesus and still get saved. Simon Peter, son of John, do you love me more than these others? Yes, Peter replied, you know I'm your friend. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Verse 16, Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you really love me? Jesus, oh yes, Lord, Peter said, you know that I am your friend. It's playing on the Greek there, the, the agape and the phileo. That's where the translator comes from. He says, then take care of my sheep. Jesus said, once more he asked him, Simon, son of John, are you even my friend? Peter was grieved at the way Jesus asked the question this third time. Lord, you know my heart, you know I am. Jesus said, then feed my little sheep. My message for you this morning is that you can always, always, always hear God's voice. No matter how big your mess no matter how many times you turn your back on God, all you need to do is listen. All you need to do is listen. And if you messed up three times like Peter, three times he's going to speak to you. Just the start. Because now there's a life that Peter gets into 
that is his purpose, his calling. He writes two letters in the Bible that we read. He births a church through a message of the gospel. Thank you, Jesus, that you went after Peter. Just think if Jesus didn't. What would happen on the day of Pentecost? Who would have stood up? So you think your mess is too big? You think you missed it? Maybe you think you're too old? I have news for you. God has got good plans for you. God has got a purpose. God has got a destiny. And God has ministry planned for each and every one of us. Ministry is not for me, for the man up front. My job is to help you to do the work of the ministry. To equip you to do the work of the ministry. So that we go out there in the world, because Jesus said, church, go into the world. He didn't say, world, come to church. This is our workshop. This is where we equip you to hear from God, to know how to read the Word, to study the Word, to operate in the supernatural, to step out in love, to be part of a family, to gather, to grow, to go. And who are we to disqualify ourselves if God doesn't? I don't care how big your mess is. God wants to restore you. God wants to speak to you. Even if you've had a calling and you messed up and you know it, God is at least as good as a GPS. Amen? A GPS can get you back on the road. On this wedding, we went into the wrong direction. But luckily for Um Henry, he and he helped us. But Um Henry called his wife because Um Henry didn't know where we were going. <laughs> so I'm so glad Um Henry was married. <laughs> and even if you step out and you make a mess, it's okay. But let us not turn back and limit the Holy One of Israel according to Psalm 78. Let's hear from God. Stir faith in our hearts. Make sure we do this and we do it together and let's move forward in the things that God has for us. You want to live by faith? You want to live a life of adventure? It's the same question. Listen to this from Hebrews 11. You know this speaks about faith. It says from verse 6, And without faith, living within us, it would be impossible to please God. Okay, For we come to God in faith knowing that He is real and that He rewards the faith of those who passionately seek Him. You see, Peter's heart was passionately after Jesus. He just didn't know what Jesus was about. He thought Jesus was going to beat the Romans. He did. He beat their worst form of punishment, which was crucifixion, and He raised from the dead. So He beat them big time. The worst thing that Rome could come up with, Jesus defeated so he did. Just not in the way that Peter thought he should. But God didn't give up on him. God will not give up on you. Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what, coming, what was coming, even things that has never been seen. Noah heard from God. Noah probably saw something, a vision, which did what? Stirred faith. And he obeyed. You know the miracle of Noah? You try and get two dogs into your backyard. <laughs> Have you tried? Get two birds back into the cage. I don't know if you read your Bible, but some of the animals, there were seven of them. So again, all the kids' Bibles are wrong, but let's not go into that rant. That's the miracle, but if the ark wasn't built, God wouldn't do the miracle. So Noah communed with God, communicated with God, acted in faith. Faith opened Noah's heart, even things that has never been seen. But he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark that would save him and his family. By faith, his faith, the world was condemned. Not God didn't condemn the world. That's a different teaching. Noah's faith condemned the world. If you don't believe me, read your Bible. But Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes only by believing. Faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call. What is a call? It's a voice. It's an invitation. So faith, he heard and then he obeyed, not knowing where he was going. To leave the familiar, to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. That's a word for someone. That should resonate in someone's heart. I'm not sure who that's for. Jerusalem's for you as well. Not knowing where you're going. To leave the familiar, to discover the territory that God has destined to inherit for you. You see, if we're going to keep on playing it safe, we're going to keep on playing it safe. 
If you want to step out in faith, step out in faith. Get a word from God and move. That's why I resigned my job. That's why I'm here today. That's why we moved down from uh, Joburg. That's why we left our family behind. That's why we've been living on faith. I didn't know what, I still don't know what my salary is going to be this month, but like since 2017. So at first it's scary, now it's just life. <laughs> some months there's more, some months there's less, but like God's not phased. God knows what we need. Amen? And, and, and I mean, I have a, a consultancy business that I told you the name of earlier. I don't have a contract. I don't have one single contract, but I invoice people every month. It's not wise. I don't care. It's from God. He's my provider. He told me to do it. If they want me to sign a contract, I'll sign a contract, but I'm not going to push it because you know what? A carnal man will seldom keep a contract and a spiritual man will never need one. Now you can ask Baron, the problem he said to me is the carnal man deals with the spiritual man. And that's where the problem is. The word says, if you believe us, don't take each other to court because what will that happen? Like, deal with yourself. Deal with your issues. Hear from God. Amen? Let's get back in here. This is amazing if you start studying out why these people were of faith. It's because they heard from God. Faith motivated Abraham to go into unfamiliar, destined what God had inherited for him. So he left with only a promise. Wow. You know, one of the translations, I've been looking for it for so long, but I, I remember reading it and it just hit me. It says, by faith, Abraham adventured out. Faith is the start of the adventure. He left with only a promise. And without even knowing ahead of time where he was going. I don't know who this is for, but some of you are waiting for the perfect picture to have everything in place before you're going to obey God's call. Doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. Abraham stepped out in faith. Listen to verse 10 from the Passion that says, His eyes of faith were set on the city with unshakable foundations, whose architect and builder is God Himself. Who he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. You know what is the foundation? 1 Corinthians 3 says that we have only one foundation, which is Christ. So Abraham didn't trust God for Isaac. I'm making a big statement now. He didn't trust God for the land Canaan. He trusted God for Christ. You can study it out and I can prove it to you. He knew that it would come through a son. But Galatians clearly says that the seed of Abraham is not Isaac, it's Christ. The land of promise is not Israel. It is the spirit realm. Therefore, he said to Abraham, in you, through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So how can all the nations be blessed if it's only one piece of land? You need to rightly divide the word of truth. You need to know why Abraham was called righteous. He believed, yes, he stepped out, but he believed in the promised one. He believed in the Christ to come. Now, his eyes of faith... How do we hear from God? How do we commune with God? I'm asking you this morning, is your eyes of faith switched on? Eyes of faith. In Revelation we see Jesus and he's got eyes of faith, I believe. He's got fiery eyes. We walk by faith, not by sight. Like Noah, he saw something on the inside and he reacted. You and I have someone on the inside now which is Christ, the eternal hope of glory. So how wrong can you be? Let's just take this. If you take the gospel and you go with it, how far are you going to miss God's plan for you? If He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. There you have a word. You can come back next week. I'm not saying you need to go off and get your passport stamped. If that is what God says, go for it. But let's this week just go with that. Jesus said, go out into all the world and share the gospel. Hebrews 1 says, how does God speak to us now? Through Jesus. What did Jesus say? Go out into all the world. 
preach the gospel. How does he do it? He restores, he redeems, he loves, he calls you close. Won't you stand with me as we just go to a time of prayer? Now, I just felt in prayer, in preparation, that God just wants to minister to a few different people here today. Now, the word says, while your eyes are closed, that, that Jesus speaks to his flock. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And if you're here this morning and you're not part of the flock of Christ, then you probably do not have the opportunity to hear from God. God is trying to get you. There's so many stories of Muslims and different people who have dreams from God because God, I believe in His grace, is even stepping outside some boundaries that He, that he set up because He said we need to preach the gospel. But He loves people so much that if we don't preach the gospel, He makes an, another way, but that's not the primary way. My sheep hear my voice. So if someone here that you need to make a decision this morning that you're going to step into the kingdom of God, you're going to become part of the flock, you want to be part of the chief shepherd's flock, then you just believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you say with your mouth, I make Him King. Amen. I'm going to submit to His kingship, His shepherding. Now I want to also minister to some people here that you've never heard the voice of God. Or not that you know of. And there's no condemnation. You came to exactly the right place. A lot of us, how we grew up was like, that's not possible. You cannot hear from God. Or it's not for you. It's not for everyone. It's for, it's for the super dupers. It's for the saints. It's for the whoever. That's a lie because John 10 says, my sheep hear my voice. So if that is you, won't you just, uh, where you are, just pray in your heart with me and say, Father, I believe that I can hear you. I see it clearly in your word and you say that you speak through your word and I'm trusting that I'm going to hear from you. Two weeks ago, we said, if God can just speak to us our name. Anyone remember that? We said, he calls his own sheep by name. And I remember praying and, and trusting God that I'm going to hear my name and I knew it was him because he gave me the full spectrum. You know, I've got an ID that goes two lines. My Hollandse opa, my gesien. And I would never think that that is what I'm going to hear. But that's who I am. Like it's Peter, Bartholomeus, Daniel, Wienink. And that's how God calls me. Why will he leave out one part if he knows how many hairs are on my head? God wants to speak to us people. We are, we are sheep of his flock. He wants to lead us and guide us and love on us. He wants us to take us to green pasture and still waters. I want to minister to people here this morning that's too busy too busy to be hearing from God and that's probably all of us I don't know about you but my hand is up I'm, I'm responding to, to this I want to I want to become more still and hear from God I want to be more still even in prayer prayer is, is really supposed to be two ways Jesus said I only say what I hear my father say and he was praying all night and then the next day he would minister so what did he hear up on the mountain he wasn't just speaking he was listening I see some hands there with me, we want to pray that we, we hear better because we don't want to be so busy. I want to pray with people here that realize that like Samuel, maybe you have heard from God without realizing it. Or even this morning as I was preaching that there were some things that the Holy Spirit brought to your remembrance and you were like, ah, that actually might have been God. The other option is that you realize that what you heard and you thought was God, was not God, it was just you. And there's an opportunity to humble ourselves here this morning. Say, Lord, I made it sound like you, smell like you, look like you, but it wasn't you. It was me. And there's a time to repent, and that repentance means just to change direction, because we know what God has is best. I want to minister to people here who's been listening to the wrong voices. What's that? The word says in John 10 that any voice that is not Jesus comes from a thief or a robber. That's a big statement. Any voice that is not the chief shepherd, that is not Christ, is either a thief or a robber. What do thieves and robbers do? They're not out to bless you. <laughs> they want to take from you. They want to steal from you. So Father, right now we just pray and you can trust that you're going to hear God right now. We want to make it practical. We pray that we just be quiet in our hearts. We pray that we can just hear that still, small voice. We know the Word says it, Father. 
Your word even brings and the, the divides the motivation, the thoughts, the intents of our heart. Father, we want to just we want to lay down our thoughts. We want to lay down our plans here in front of you this morning. And we want to make double sure that they are from you. We want to make double sure that they they're going to lead to green pasture and still water. And even if there's someone here that you blatantly disobeyed God, like he restored Peter, he will restore you this morning. He wants to invite you back to your first love. I just hear those words. Come back to your first love. Not about what you're going to do for me, but how much I love you. As we mature in ministry, we need to do more, but we need to never leave our first love. Never move away from the well. Isaiah 12 speaks about that well that is now on the inside of us. And as we feed others, then we can get some of the drink as well. Oh Lord, thank you that you speak. I mean, a normal prayer would be, Lord, speak to us, but we need to change that. Because the word says he does speak. Thank you, Father, that you do speak. That you call your own sheep by name. Just hear the words of Jesus saying, If you're tired, worn out and heavy laden, come to me. Come to me. Stop making plans. Stop uh, asking chat GPT and people who have got nothing to do with the word. Hear from God. Sit at His feet. You can move out in faith. Father, we just thank you right now. I want to read from Psalm 16 again. It says, I will bless the Eternal, whose wise teaching orchestrate my days and centers my mind at night. He is ever present with me. At all times He goes before me. I will not live in fear or abandon my calling because He stands at my right hand. Anyone here struggling with fear of any sorts, I want to just pray for you right now. Because the word says beautifully there that we don't have to. Perfect love casts out fear. Let love do its work this morning. Let love do its work this morning. I just see God coming in like, um, it, it's weird, it's like, it's waves of cotton wool. Can you see that? Like feel that. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit here this morning. It's like wave upon wave upon wave of just comfort. Of that cotton wool like making you safe. Keeping you close. Protecting you. Nurturing you. Loving on you. Gents, maybe this is more difficult for us to accept. But this is how the Father loves you. He ran to the prodigal son and he kissed him unstoppably. That's the word there. Kiss, 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 kissed him on the neck. And that's really the Holy Spirit. Because in Acts it says, when Peter yet spoke, the Holy Spirit fell. That's exactly the same word that we get in Luke 15. The Holy Spirit is kissing some people here this morning. That's oh, beautiful. He's kissing you. He's holding you close. He's whispering in your ear right now. He's saying to some people, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad you came today. I love you. Now I've always loved you. My plans for you are better than your plans for you. That's exactly the prodigal son thought he had it all figured out. When he messed up big time, the father did not stop speaking to him. In fact, he kissed him. He embraced him. You see, that is where grace operates. 
If we increase in sin, grace exceedingly increases. So Father, we just thank you right now that we've heard from you. Even if you've just heard that your sins are forgiven, you've heard from God this morning. And that's the starting place to enter into a life-giving relationship with Him. That's the birthplace of faith and the start of your adventure. There's a word for someone. Your adventure with God does not depend on God. God is always inviting you to come to where He is already or where He's going. He said to all the disciples, come with me. Leave where you are. Come with me. He comes to where you are, but then He calls you out. He calls you by name. And He leads you out. Amen. And let that minister to anyone. That greatly ministered to me. God is speaking. The question is, are we listening? Because then our Father gets to dance with us. He's standing there on the dance floor inviting you. And if you're only here, then you'll come. But as long as we're busy with figuring out it ourselves, we're not going to hear God standing, waiting for you. Come. Let us dance together. Let us fellowship. Let us commune. Let us have a relationship. Let us get to know each other more. And that really is the birthplace. You can find more of our free teachings on our website www.gracelife.ca And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca